Welcome back to The Federal Drive with Tom Temin here on Federal News Network. When you're inspector general for a federal department, there's never a shortage of work. A case in point is housing and urban development, which has some long-standing issues in areas like information technology and hiring. Joining me in studio for an update, HUD Inspector General Ray Oliver Davis. Ms. Davis, good to have you in. Good morning. Thanks for having me. And everything begins with the people in an agency. And so everything related to people begins with who you hire. And you took a deep dive look at some of the issues in hiring and the practices at HUD. Tell us what you were specifically looking at, and then we'll get into some of the findings. Well, as you said, people are crucial to the success of HUD's mission. So we looked at just that, how quickly, how effectively, efficiently HUD could onboard the staff that they need. Specifically, we looked at a metric we call time to hire. That metric comes from OPM, or the Office of Personnel Management. Back in 2017, they put together basically a roadmap for hiring. They started with workplace planning. They looked all the way through onboarding of employees, and then they pushed out a model to the entire federal government. The agencies look at this roadmap and they look for ways to improve their own process, right? And the model was 80 days, 80 days from beginning to end. We found that HUD set a goal for themselves back in 2019 for roughly 108 days. We found they did not make that goal. They made hires roughly averaging 141 days. Because that 80 days goal actually goes back several administrations. I remember back in around 2000. It was either late in the Bush administration or early in the Obama, I forget which one now, where there was a concerted effort to try to change that. And so I always loved the 80 days based on the movie Around the World in 80 Days or H.G. Wells' story Around the World in 80 Days. So what happened? I mean, why could they not speed this whole thing up? Well, we found many opportunities for improvement here, and I think it really boils down to people, process, and data. Starting with people, people need appropriate training. You know, we found that many of HUD's hiring managers didn't understand the process thoroughly and didn't understand their role thoroughly, and they said they hadn't been trained. So we made recommendations that HUD really just improve their training of their people with respect to the the process. Um, Because the process, just to interrupt mm -hmm. a moment, does offer a lot of flexibility and a lot of choices, a lot of hiring authorities, most of which agencies never even are aware of, much less use. Well, that's a very good point. We did look at how often they use hiring authorities. We actually found a best practice within HUD with respect to special hiring authorities. You know, I think it's important in our work to point out opportunities of improvement, but also talk about the success stories. And to your point, there is a success story within HUD with respect to special hiring authorities. Their Office of Field Policy was a great success story. Not only do we offer opportunities for improvement, we try to point out best practices. So to your point about special hiring authorities, HUD's Office of Field Policy and Management, or OFPM, they used special hiring authorities back in FY 2019, and they were the one office in HUD that reduced their time to hire while still increasing their hires. They use special hiring authorities that benefit veterans, that benefit people with disabilities. So, you know, this is really a nice thing to be able to also highlight this best practice within the department. All right. So there's the people is one of the three issues. Mm-hmm. And uh, the training there is something that then I guess the HR function could do to help the hiring managers. Yes. The OCHICO, the Office of the Chief Human Capital Officer, would primarily be responsible for that training. Yes. 
All right. And what was the second impediment to getting this thing shrunken? Well, looking at process, we talk about standardization or a lack of standardization. What we mean by that is it's possible to standardize parts of the hiring process to just make it easier for managers. You know, for instance, there are basic job descriptions. We suggested they put together a library of job descriptions that keep hiring managers from having to reinvent the wheel every time. You know, someone may want to hire, say, a budget officer, and a budget officer's skill set that they need in one area of the department is likely to be the same in another. So rather than taking the lengthy time of drawing up that job description, you just have that available to the hiring managers and it's there. All right. And then the third element was? Data. So in the IG community, you know, we say good data makes for good decisions. We did find that there were areas for improvement in HUD's data around hiring. For instance, they didn't have consistent data. They didn't have reliable data. There are some instances they are relying on a manual process to keep track of their hiring. They literally put their hiring data on a spreadsheet, and then the OCHICO, or Chief Human Capital Officer, pushes that information out throughout the department, and they make decisions based on that. Well, we know a manual process has flaws. It's time-consuming, and we humans are writing things down manually. We make mistakes. So we suggested they improve that, and they go to an automated process. We're speaking with Ray Oliver-Davis. She's Inspector General of the Department of Housing and Urban Development. And did they generally take well to those suggestions, HUD management? Yes. I'm, I'm happy to report they have agreed with all 11 of our recommendations, and they've already told us about 12 different action plans they have in place to achieve this. They're going to go to automated systems. They're considering training. They're getting some data analytics tools. You know, and it's also something that Secretary Fudge is very focused on. You know, she testified earlier this summer in front of Senate appropriations, and she flagged this problem and her commitment to it then. So we're looking forward to seeing what they do. And I guess as an aside, it's worth noting that one of the characteristics of HUD over the years has been that a lot of people go there and stay the entire federal career at HUD because many are motivated by the mission of housing. And so you find that there's not always that much turnover in different areas. So how has turnover and retention been lately? Well, if you look at HUD's current budget request, you know, they flagged that between 2010 and 2019, they had a roughly 22% decline in full-time employees. And, you know, they flagged for the Hill that that affects them greatly. It affects their ability to monitor with compliance. It affects their ability to address systemic issues. It affects their ability to be innovative. And, you know, looking at this time to hire metric, you know, you're really almost looking at capacity. And if you look at HUD over the last few years, you know, their staffing levels, again, have decreased, but their program responsibilities and their federal funding has greatly increased. And if you look at something like just disaster relief alone, which is always a priority for my office, the supplemental funding that's come out recently um, following hurricanes Irma and Maria, they got $35.4 billion in mitigation unmet need funds facing COVID. They received $23 billion in the CARES Act and then the American Rescue Plan. So with that kind of influx of funds, it's crucial you have the right staff at the right time. You need the right staff and you need sufficient staff because there is just a sheer capacity issue that agencies like HUD, Small Business Administration have the same issue. You just need bodies in place that know what they're doing to handle all of that. 
You do, and you need the right skill sets, right? And that is another thing that we looked at as we looked at the quality of the hires that HUD was making. And we found that's an area that HUD could study a bit more to make sure they're getting the right fit for the right position. We did our own survey as part of this work, and we had quite a few of the hiring managers say they were dissatisfied with the untimeliness of the process, and they said it had an impact on their hiring. They said they weren't necessarily happy with the quality of the candidates. When that happens, we see hiring managers repost positions. Often that just drags the process out much further. But Tom, I will say the flip side of that, which I also learned when we did this work, is often you will have a highly sought after candidate who goes and takes another job because you could not make the offer fast enough. So we're hoping these recommendations really help HUD with their hiring process. And given the frustration of the hiring managers, this sounds like one of those cases when the inspector general staff came by, people might have been happy to spill the beans because they want to fix this problem. You know, I I think this is something everyone's focused on. And, you know, I I should say it's not just HUD. This is a government-wide issue. And, you know, this was part of the top management challenges report that we do every year. But if you look to SIGI, the Council of IGs for Integrity and Efficiency, they earlier this year, they did their own top management challenges of, you know, looking at things that are facing all of government. And that report found that about two-thirds of my colleagues feel that human capital management is a challenge for their respective agencies that they are overseeing. Sure. And you are a couple of years now into the job. So are you involved with SIGI too? I mean, I am. technically everyone is on SIGI. That's an I inspector am. general. But what's your kind that's, of focus there? Well, that's correct. But I do serve on the executive council. I'm the chair of the professional development committee. So we do training for IG staff. We offer leadership training. We offer mentoring and coaching for our IG community staff. It's a great position. It's a really fun committee, actually. And getting back to HUD, what are your IG priorities for the coming fiscal year. Safety of residents living in HUD-assisted housing is always going to be a priority for me and my staff. We recently conducted an audit of HUD's process for handling health and safety complaints in multifamily housing. And again, this was us doing a review of HUD's oversight of those issues. Yes. Got it. Any other priorities that people should be on their toes about that will be coming <laughs> around to talk? You know, pandemic-related oversight, of course, is going to be a priority for us. And right now, we're looking at all the grantees that received pandemic relief. And we're sending out surveys to them to find out what their challenges are in spending this because we think it's super important that these funds get to the American people who need them. So that's one area. A new area for us is going to be fair housing. And we're going to look at dedicating staff to examine HUD's effort to eliminate discrimination in fair housing. We already have one audit underway in in that respect. We're looking at HUD's intake process for housing discrimination complaints because if a complaint comes in, about housing discrimination, it actually does not come to HUD OIG. It goes to HUD directly. So we're going to look at how they handle those complaints. You know, how do they decide when to open a case? Are they spotting trends? And we think this is very, very important work right now. And you'll probably look to see if they have a 10 million case backlog in that area, which then makes it pretty hard to get to all the cases in a timely way. That's a very good point. Capacity should likely be a part of our review in that, and uh, we'll take that into consideration. All right. No charge. (laughs) Ray Oliver Davis is Inspector General of the Department of Housing and Urban Development. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to talk about our work. I appreciate it. We'll post this interview along with some links to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. Still to come, funny thing one contractor learned, it's a bad idea to bribe federal officials. But first, 
how the General Services Administration kept the Pentagon staff operational when the Pentagon itself was damaged. This is the Federal Drive with Tom Temin here on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.